Is that a Sydney hat? The Sydney. That's You're damn cool. straight. That's cool. Yep, Sydney, Nebraska. <laughs> Love the opera house there. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I uh, they they came out with them on like not last first Friday, but the one before that, I think. Really? And uh, they were like, we've only got like twenty five of them, first mm. come first serve, and so and I didn't see it till the next morning. So as soon as it opened at five o'clock, I like raced down there expecting to see somebody I knew. First time I've ever been in there and didn't recognize like a single really? person. Really? That surprises me. Not they're even like, the bartender. They're like, we only have 24 left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I was like, Z- um, Zach, um, do, you, do you know Zach? Um, he said um, that he um, said that they um, have hats here. She's like, oh, yeah, I got plenty of them. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I guess I'll get a beer while I'm here. And then I'm like, the frog came in. No. So <laughs> I, like, I drank this beer that I didn't even really want. But I felt weird because, like, I was like, oh, I could just go in there and chat with whoever I know and not have to get a drink. That's the one time you don't know anyone in there. Yeah, so I'm like, I guess I'll just get a beer. I'm here to play darts. So I pay for my beer, and then she's like, but I had, like, given, I gave her my card, you know, when I ordered the beer. Mm -hmm. And she's like, all right, it'll be $25. I'm like, for the beer? Well, I was like, oh, it must be $20 for a hat and five for the beer. I'm like, okay. And she's like, no, I already ran the card. It'll be $25 for the hat. And it's like, oh, you couldn't do them together? She's like, oh, it's got to be cash only. It's under the table. Oh. It's like, what? <laughs> Why? I don't really know. But so then I had to go to the vending, or not the vending machine, the cash vending the machine. The vending machine. The ATM. All right, there and get charged $4. Had so I paid like Skittles. 30 bucks for those damn oh, things. Oh, man. You should have just gone to Walgreens and robbed somebody. Bought and- something. Should have come here and taken Ross's cash <laughs> <laughs> from the mountain of shit. I love that. I thought you were going to say our own. and then I Oh, no, 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 no. Did he just throw up? No, I thought he did. Ross is laying down next to the table, John. Did he have more mead? <laughs> Actually, oh. Binky, Binky's here. Apparently, he ate a bunch of pills today. Oh, no. Yep. What I pills? Came home. I had, well, I had like a little travel bottle of pills because I was out of town a couple weeks ago and it was i don't even know where it was sitting where he found it it was one of those fucking orange tubes from Deshaun's show but um he had like destroyed the bottle and there were pills everywhere so i was trying to think like what was missing oh. and i'm pretty sure he ate five or six ibuprofen okay, of which dogs are allowed to well dogs aren't supposed to have any of those i found out i was like oh that'll probably be fine apparently no and then there was like 10 more, or there's four more of those that he licked the coating off of. Interesting. Because it's like, fl- not flavored, but you know, there's like a red coating. Yeah, it's like sweet things. almost. Um, And then he ate probably at least two Excedrin, which have caffeine in them, which is terrible for dogs. Oh my God. Um, And he ate a bunch of Tums and stuff, which might have helped. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. He could have, there could have been like six Excedrin in there for all I know, but... He's already thrown up twice, so hopefully he's fine. Hopefully that, yeah. <laughs> we'll ask him midway through the podcast. Don't say doing. puke. <laughs> Nobody say puke. <laughs> puke, 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 puke. <laughs> no, I, I still can't believe that actually happened. <laughs> yeah. The good old days. What was this? Do I know this story? Uh, I don't know if you know it, but uh, probably at least 12 years ago. Because Ben was still living at his parents' house. That stupid fuck. So it was probably 
maybe 15 years ago. I don't know, but um, I don't know. It was around Christmas, but Ross and I went up to Ben's parents' house, which Ben just lived a couple houses up from us. Mm-hmm. If I don't know if you knew, knew that, that but um, I didn't feel well. Like uh, my stomach was hurting, and we were just hanging out in the driveway. And I'm like, nobody say puke. And I don't know if it was Ross or Ben or both of them, but somebody was like, puke, 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 puke. And then I threw up. I can hear Ross saying And then I threw up on their driveway. (laughs) And so Ben went in, and I don't know. Well, I I had to run away because I get very queasy if I see puke. And then I ran inside. Your dad was like, what the hell? My dad was pissed. Who gave him ibuprofen? (laughs) (laughs) Gosh. So then Ben was going in and out of the house with this bucket of water so I could, like, wash it <laughs> off the driveway. And it's freezing cold outside. Yeah, it was, like, snowy and stuff. Just makes it ice on the driveway. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how this podcast was born. Yep. Yeah. You know what doesn't make you puke? <laughs> <laughs> Alcohol. Arts and crafts. Another episode Another of episode Arts and Crafts. Of arts and crafts. Uh, if you don't know, it's the podcast where we drink craft beer and talk about the arts. Um, if it's your first time here, my name is John, and with me, as always, is Ben. Hi. And Reed. Yep. So now you're going to remember those voices, and you won't forget who is who for the rest of the podcast, because that's how people remember things the first time. So Anywho. As long as I say hi and he says yep. 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 Very, very <laughs> little voice. Uh, yep. 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 But if you don't know how it works, Mm -hmm. we start by drinking a craft beer choice. I am actually not in Omaha, where Reed and uh, Ben are, so I am in North Carolina. This will be the last North Carolina episode, but so... Believe it or not, we're actually in South Carolina. We just just (laughs) built a... uh, You did, like, uh, Ocean's uh, Eleven? Yeah, yeah, a replica. It's not a green screen, it's a replica. (laughs) The green screen would have been too easy. I can can come back here and, and grab something. Do you want a glass, Ben? Yes. Okay. What kind of glass? Beer. For an IPA? Beer glass. Oh, a spoiler. And I guess I have an IPA. Read! <laughs> well, we were about to get to it. We were about um, to get to it. How about a, um, how about just, I don't know, a pint glass. Okay. <laughs> Man, I haven't been here in a long time. South Carolina? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one's perfect. <laughs> What's wrong with this? I'll tell you. I'll ex, I'll explain to our listeners shortly, or or I'll do it now. I guess the little middle. Um, what do you want to call that? The little middle. The bulge. Bulge there. The little gut. Uh, to this the glassware. Glass, yeah. So it's like a pilsner glass, but it's got a little bulge in the middle. Uh, that's I can't remember the science behind it, but it it somehow enhances the flavor, the release of a flavor in a beer. Mm-hmm. It's and I don't want to taste effect. this beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't? No, I'm just kidding. But it's really oh. good for like a good stout or something. Mm-hmm. So Well, see, my my guess is that it it gets a little wider to release some more bubbles. Some of the aroma. Yeah, spaces and then, the bubbles and then a it little. and then it gets sh- a little thinner so that it can hold more bubbles in. Yeah. I think that's the kind of like an IPA glass. That's probably the magic of it. But here's the thing: I don't want to. Okay. I, I want a classic. That's fine. Beer glass because I haven't had beer in a while. Oh. So. 
This was Drinkware 101 with, uh, okay. with Ben Matukowicz. And... <laughs> <clears throat> what do you guys have? We have the Elmo Hazyish IPA from Code Beer Company in Lincoln. Oh, it, okay. it, it does say that, actually. I was... I yes, that was your. It does say hazy-ish IPA. That's fun. Um, on Untapped, it just—I think it just says hazy IPA because um, they probably don't have a hazy-ish category. Yeah. Um, but this is a showcase of El Dorado and Mosaic hops with lots of tropical and stone fruit flavor and aromas. Um, it's a six point five percent ABV. I believe Untapped says it's a zero IBU. What? Um, Is it zero IBU which, PA? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've seen those before. Some hazies are not very bitter. I guess that's true. Um, the malt is fairly low, and the hops is kind of high, but not the highest. I like can this. Be. John, can you see this? There's like a little Yeah, I like the little, yeah. little meter. That's, that's yeah. one thing about code that's pretty cool is they... Um, They'll share that information about all their beers, um, and that's that's kind of the the code of it. Oh, um, but I picked this one because we haven't had a like a standard IPA in a while, yeah, or a hazy IPA in a while. Um, it's local to Omaha, Lincoln. I link it's from Lincoln, but uh, um, more local than. The last beer we had, or I had with Jocelyn, yeah, which was from like Oregon, maybe. Mm. Um, this is uh, this our May episode? This will be our May episode. Yeah, May is a good month to start getting into the hazy IPAs. Right. I mean, if you've if you've listened to the show before, you know that we are some hazy IPA summer fellas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To um, oh, well, and just to me. the disdain of the yeah. local pool folks who don't want us in the pool <laughs> drinking hazy IPAs. Right, right. past nine p.m. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, and then um, I also like the can. Can is great. Code's Code's can art is pretty cool. It's very simple, um, often geometric pattern um, that's got some rhythm to it. It's not just like here's a colored can and yeah. Here are some shapes. And here's a I logo. Love branding. Um, what was that? It's like here's a yeah. color and then here's a logo and here's yeah. the yeah. name of the beer. I mean it some it's some not people, that at all. Some people may look at it and see that, but but it's not. It's, for someone that pays more attention to it because um this is my aesthetic in artwork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I find it very, very cool. This is definitely one of my favorite can designs in town so well, in the state i'm gonna open it up be sure to follow or, our socials where we or, share these kinds of things yeah if you want to see the can art be sure to follow our socials because we post what we're drinking and we post what we drink on the podcast quite often so be sure to do that uh mm-hmm. at arts and, at arts crafts pod on twitter and instagram anyways yes you're gonna crack okay, it okay i i was about to but i guess maybe you should tell us what you have and then we'll all crack them together sounds good so I have the Slagtide Pilsner. I went with the Pilsner because, you know, it's our May episode. It's going to start getting kind of warm out. Maybe I want to have mm-hmm. a lighter beer at like a, uh, a tailgate or some sporting event. Or if you're just hanging out outside. And also, I, I had the, um, the pleasure of hosting Taylor's parents, my significant other's parents here in North Carolina. And they're 
her dad like likes beer but doesn't really know what he likes you know what i mean when it goes yeah. out somewhere and so it's always like okay try this pilsner or a lager so oh, it's sure. like i kind of wanted if you're interested in craft beer but i never actually delved into it yeah give a pilsner or a lager a try and it's a really good intro to craft beer because it's going to taste better than any other lager or pilsner you've had um mm. in the past and so i just kind of wanted to do a pilsner for for the summer boys and for this you know for the for the newbies to to beer in case mm-hmm. there are any but it's called a... uh slack tide pilsner from the mason jar out of north carolina Ooh. is this one you've had before no this is a brand new one okay it can art though too i haven't had the elmo um Ben, have you had the Elmo from Code Beer? I don't think so. Okay. This one also has the SRM value, which I like, which is just like a darkness level. Um, oh. So it's only a 3.4, so it's really light, which I expect out of a Pilsner. Do you, do you know what that scale is? Yeah, so obviously lower is lighter, and I think like... Okay, I, right, but like what? Just like 1 to 5, it's 1, to, one to It's 1 to 40. Okay, thanks, John. Yep, sorry. So yeah, that is that is pretty light. Yeah. Anyways, we ready you to just, Yeah, Ben is continuing to pick different glassware. <laughs> we have a lot of it. We should use it. Yeah, don't use the glass that hasn't been used in a year. I'm going to pour mine out, too. Don't pour it out. You haven't even tried it yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds like the intro music. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Arts and Crafts. Oh, oh man, this smells good. I filled this sucker up to the now. Look at that pour. Oh, that's pretty good. Mine is awful. <laughs> look at that pour, John. It's beautiful. Thanks. Look, look at that pour, John. <laughs> look at that. My name's not John. Pour. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's a hazy IPA right there. Classic. Now that I forgot to try it. Damn, that's good. Oh my. It's got some sweetness to it that I I guess I kind of expect with some mosaic hops. Um but like I guess I didn't think about it before I got the beer. Definitely tastes some tropical notes. Oh for sure. Um and sure some stone fruit. I don't know exactly what that would be, but Ooh, I like stone fruit. I had that stone fruit American IPA uh, a couple yeah. episodes back. I'd love to try that in a hazy. Mm. Yeah. How's your beer? It's really good. It's really sweet, which I wasn't really expecting. Uh, sweet Pilsner. Yeah. I guess also the last few beers I've had were Coors Light, so. Oh, God. <laughs> Maybe this. Coors Light? You're getting kicked yeah. off. Every, okay, yeah. so there's something that I think the Midwestern in me just comes out, and I'm on a golf course, and I'm at the turn, and I'm like, yeah, give me two Coors Lights. Okay, I guess, yeah, if you're golfing, that makes a little more and sense. And it's just like, just like drinking water. It's just, mm. You know what else would be good? Drinking water. <laughs> my dad goes, my dad would say, there's water and beer. I'm staying hydrated. <laughs> he doesn't have a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sure. I don't want to. Look how bright this is, though, huh? This is really Boy, good. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. This might be one of my favorite hazies ever. Really? So, what are you going to rate it? Mm, 
Well, if I keep drinking it, probably a little bit higher. <laughs> I think um, here's the thing. My my disclaimer is this: I haven't had a hazy IPA since August. Mm, okay. So, really, that I'm, long? I'm itching for it, and um, I can't. I don't know. There's there's a few that I just absolutely adore, and I don't think this is going to top those. Hmm. But as far as like a local hazy IPA, this is really damn good. It's definitely more on the 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 sweeter side, the tropical side. Yeah. Um, this is a perfect spring beer. Oh, for sure. Or summer beer. It's not. It it has a it has kind of a bitterness up front, mm-hmm. but it's not like a bitter IPA. Right. Right. Um. Does that fruit kind of help, like level that out a little bit? The fruit helps, but then there's then there's almost the aftertaste almost feels a little less balanced. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think I guess balance between malt and hops, or or like bitterness and sweetness. All of it. Okay. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's really really good. I mean, I don't get much malt at all. No. But it, there's not supposed to be that. Um, no. I just feel like um, sometimes beers that are meant to be sweeter like this can kind of fall off the back end a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this one, I think that's what keeps this one from being like perfect. Yeah. It's, it's certainly like that your first sip is okay. This is a hazy IPA. And then as it sits on the tongue, it gets a little sweeter and you get the notes of Mm -hmm. the tropical fruit, Um, which I almost think that that's the opposite of what, my other experience with tropical IPAs would be. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Like, I guess really, maybe the only one I can think of at the moment is the uh, tropical cloud lifter from Zipline. That's a good one. Um, which I didn't really care for. Ah, brutal. Com- <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, I, it wasn't awful, but it's just I would rather have the cloud lifter, just the standard hazy no. IPA. Um, so, I don't know if they used a different kind of hops between those two beers, which I'd imagine they wouldn't, but something uh, something about it, I just didn't, it, it was too sweet or yeah. tart at the time. Um, I'd like to try it again, though, see if I think differently now. I've got, uh, while we're on the topic of, of hazy IPAs, there's this one I tried that I don't. I don't know if I ever talked about it on the podcast. I'm sure I did because I won't shut up about stuff. But <laughs> when I was in San Diego last year, see, I know, I know, we had an episode about that, but I think we just talked about the two beers I brought back. Mm-hmm. Mm. So if this is a repeat, get over it because we're a year in now and we're running out of ideas. But um, <laughs> I had this beer called Hazy Conditions. I don't remember hearing about it. Was, it's from a place called Ketch Brewing. Brewing? Brewing? There it is. K E T C H Brewing. Um, and this was when I was in San Diego. It's based out of San Diego. Um, it, I had it on like the, uh, what do you call it? The pier of, of downtown San Diego there has this like, little tiny restaurant thing like sticking out into the water and i went in there to get some oysters and this guy um 
This was like before my flight home. This guy was like, oh, do you want to try a local beer? And I was like, I don't know. I've had a lot of local <laughs> beers when I've been here. Because we, we'd been chatting for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, it started off him being like, like, uh, he was just one of those like old hippie guys, basically. Yeah. So it started off just like him like comp- like asking where I was going and all this stuff because I had a suitcase with me. And then just walking around. Yeah, by nowhere. the end of the by the end of the uh afternoon, after I'd had a free Oops. beer or two, he had offered me a job there <laughs> to uh to be his bartender, to be his his beer slinger. Surprise you came back. Did I know. I was like, Well I was like, Yeah, I'll start on Monday and then I didn't show up. <laughs> but anyway, I rated the beer a five. And part of me is like, well, it's just the condition of the whole thing. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I think about it all the time. It was so good. It was perfect, but it was... So you, the reason I thought of it is because you said often the malt flavor and something like this is not going to be all that noticeable. Right. And it, it's not that it was super noticeable in this one that I had this hazy conditions, but it was so perfectly balanced that I remember drinking this beer and being like, wow, you can taste everything that's in it mm. for just a millisecond. Yeah. Mm. You know, it was really cool. It, that so really cool. reminds me of uh, Norm. Norm? Um, on uh, Cheers. And like how he just chugs a beer. And then there was that one episode <laughs> where he like tries to become a, a beer tester or like a taste tester at a brewery and they're like no you gotta let it sit on your tongue for a little bit (laughs) and he does that and he's like have you guys tried this this stuff is amazing (laughs) it has flavor yeah oh beer so yeah i'm glad you like it picked a good one i could tell you that this uh it was it was between this or a double ipa from coast Corn Coast, sorry. Ooh, Corn Coast. Um, Corn Coast is pretty good, but all of the options that they had at the liquor store were double IPAs, and I didn't know how we'd feel about that. Doubles, you got to prepare yourself for a double. I was gonna say, I gotta, I gotta work up to that. I don't think either of us have been drinking beer very often. I've had one beer since the last podcast. I think the last time I had beer was a week ago, in which I also had hazy IPAs, but. I'll tell you that for for a fact, the Code Beer Elmo Hazyish IPA will be making an appearance at pool season this year. Ooh. Nice, nice, nice. And I I didn't want to get the uh, continuous wave from Code, which is their cream ale. Why? Because I've drank so much of it. Right, that and I don't <laughs> think I really enjoyed it that much because I'm not a big cream ale guy. I forgot about cream ales. I'll drink one every once in a while, but I don't love them. I intended to try cream ale recently, but I only got through one beer, and so I started with a half, hmm. and then we ran out of time. Yeah. All right. Speaking of running out of time, <laughs> we what's, have time what's to the, kill. What's the number? What's the number? The rating? Oh yeah, did we rate? I, these? I gave it a four point two five on Untapped, I believe. Um, one of the one of the flavor tags was bubble gum. I wonder, Interesting. wonder if you find that, Ben. Bubblegum. Well, let me think back to when I was seven. 
Yeah, last time I had bubblegum. <laughs> Drinking bubblegum beer. You know, <laughs> of course, now that you say it, yeah, I do taste it. What about it gives you that bubblegum taste? The flavor. The way that it is. <laughs> so I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> okay. I, w- I would never have come up with that on my own. Mm. There is a bit. It's the, it's the aftertaste. There's like a bit of like a sugary absence. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. I think so. You know how bubblegum has a sugary absence? It's like, you're like, oh, this this is good, but it's not. there's not really anything to it. This is good, but there's nothing here. There's nothing here. Well, I mean, I don't know. Bubblegum is a, certainly its own flavor. So I wouldn't say that it is truly bubblegum, but it's definitely bubblegum hinted now that you... Mm. Now that, I wouldn't have thought of that, though. Right. Well, I would have never thought of that in a beer unless it was a bubblegum-flavored bubble beer. Bubblegum ale? Yeah. Bubblegum bubble vanilla bean? Right. Don't... <laughs> Coming soon. I hope infusion... That sounds like something that, is. like, uh, Indeed would do with the cream ale. Bubblegum cream ale. Actually, it really does. So, <laughs> if it would fit a cream ale. It would be amazing. If, there was, if it was between Indeed and Infusion to make a bubblegum cream ale, it, I would certainly try Indeed's way before yes. I would try Infusion's. Well, because Infusion's would be made with, like, bubblegum syrup, and it would just be thick. And it would be like, yeah, make you feel. You'd sick. be chewing it. You'd yeah. be chewing the beer. John, I'm really <laughs> upset with you now. Why? For for reminding me of Indeed. Yeah, I know. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna be. I'll be living real close to there too. Come June. Oh, I'll be living real close to there. Screw well, you, John. Yeah. Well, I'll come visit there September. What was it? Thirteenth, fourteenth through eighteenth. Yeah. Yep. Right I think right you might be all alone on that trip, Ben. I'm well aware of that. Unless Ross is going. I'll be there, Ben. I don't know if Ross. You you two should come visit me in Kansas City. You moving not to Kansas City? Not that day. Huh? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Does John not know? Hold on, let me get my rating and then reconsider. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I was yeah. trying to get to this, Ben. Four point five. All right, go ahead. Four point five. Yeah. Wow. Go ahead. Holy shit. All right. Okay, John. You asked what about Kansas City? Actually, four two five. Okay. Four point two five. The the afterness Damn it, pick one, Ben. Four two five. It's okay. like the glasses. Yeah. <laughs> like his tweet from this weekend? Or what? What no the beer Oh glasses. no 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 no. Never glasses. mind. The glassware. Okay. Glassware, yeah, yeah sorry. Not the spectacle. Not the spectacles. I memorize a lot of mundane things that don't <laughs> matter to anybody. Not even me, really. What about Kansas what City? What does matter to me? And you know, I'm going to go with a 4.5. I think I'm changing my mind back. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> See you later, John. <laughs> um, okay, no. I'll, at 4.25 it is. All right, that's it. Go ahead. Okay, well, you tagged me. So... No, John did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I submitted a 4.25. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I think I'll go with a 4.25. So a, a couple months ago, um, applying for a bunch of jobs, I realized that I'm not qualified for many of them. Um, so I thought, okay, this is going to get me to go back to school. So I thought about what schools I'd want to go to, if not go back to Nebraska. So um, I was looking into art schools, mm-hmm. and I applied to Kansas City Art Institute and was accepted. Let's go! Thank you. So... Um, the plan at the moment is to start in August, but that could change. That could become start in January or the following August. Okay. 
um, depending on how the summer goes and what my finance situation is like. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell them about how the only reason you got in was because of the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> the only reason I got in was because of Ben's recommendation letter. Oh, is that it? Um, That's the only reason? I threatened them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, in the in the email he sent with the attached letter, he's like, if you don't let him in, I'm going to kill myself on live TV. <laughs> and they're like, stop saying that. Oh. That's a reference to I think you should leave, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah. But no, we're very... Um, I'm saying that's like we're pregnant or something. We're very excited. Yeah, yeah. Ben and I are very excited <laughs> to share this. It's still early stages, but we're really excited. <laughs> <laughs> we are very excited Dude, though here so at, at the AC family for read. That's really yeah. good, uh, good stuff. And thanks, guys. As I told him at first Friday, um, don't forget to turn off the lights, please. Okay. <laughs> good one. No, as I told him at first Friday, I think it's it's good for people to do things that help them try to move forward and if mm-hmm. it turns out to not be the right thing that's okay too yeah yep. just you know try and do what what you think will bring you joy and happiness and passion and I'm looking forward to it mm-hmm. yeah, i can't wait awesome. to go to kansas city every weekend and visit the riggers oh, establishment and then let you know how it was <laughs> then let you know yeah don't it. invite me or anything <laughs> just like we'll you'll be busy studying right man. right i'll be busy making things not alcohol, unless I work at Rick. You could say you could get a you job. You could get a job. There, it, it's it's pretty far from campus, but who knows? Listen, we went from campus to Riggers in, in that very day. Yeah, we did, and it it was long. And it was long. It was too. Long. But if we could do it, <laughs> we did it, and then made it back to the Airbnb. Barely, Airbnb barely. I don't know. Airbnb barely. Oh my god. Well, I had a lot less money. Well, much. yes, but we made it back. And then we made it home the following day. But at what cost? A couple hundred dollars? A couple. <laughs> I, okay. But anyway. A few hundred dollars? That's awesome, Reed. That's exciting. Thanks, John. So, yeah, we're going to have the whole Midwest under AC control. Yeah, we are. Um, and you're, you're going to be moving to Minneapolis. We got yep. my brother in Chicago. Um, okay. If he's a part of it now, that's news to me. You but, know, Maha, you and KC, Ross in Denver. Um, I don't. Ross moving to Denver. Is, has he been telling you that he's going to do that? He said in like three years. Maybe. Oh. Huh. So, no. His last I heard, he was like, I've been thinking about moving to New York, but I doubt that's going to happen anytime City? soon. Yeah. Like the no, city? Like, like upstate New York. He's going to go to the suburbs in New York. Syracuse. It's like, I, mean, I need to be in New York, but I need it to be kind of like home. Moving to Buffalo, New York. Yeah. To be a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Oh, okay. He just stands outside in the snow. In, a, in like a snow drift, you know. Anyone else here depressed? <laughs> no one can see him because like, he's just covered like, in Yes, snow. everyone is. It's Buffalo. <laughs> Notice how I'm dying yeah. from hypothermia because I still haven't bought an appropriate coat. His hands are super... They're gone. Pur- they're, they're just gone. <laughs> they're gone. They're already super purple here. Oh, super my purple. gosh. Super purple. They'll be gone. The wind uh, blows. They're beet red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not even the wind. It's just like he exists and they're beet red. Oh, I shouldn't go us. home and lie down so my hands aren't beet red for my comedy thing tonight. Oh my god. That's good. We're joking. Good one, Ben. We're joking. 
You know, my favorite part about this episode is how much we're stalling because we don't have a topic. We're just shooting this don't, shit, and that's okay. Don't say that. We can cut it out, Reed. Gosh. Yeah, but will John cut it out? John, I hear last time you had to cut out a lot. Yeah, have you gotten to that yet? Do we have a topic nope. for? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're I gonna have, have to... some. You're yeah. gonna have some fun in the next two it days. Was, it was gonna. Yeah, I was. But yeah, just 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 play the like thirty minutes of Jocelyn and I talking about beer. That that'd be fine. Um, and then play my TikToks at the end. Sure. Reed, you know, I have I have been burning to ask you a question. Yes, please. Do you have any burning questions for us? Um, I I do have one question that I can ask the two of you. Um, but this this for our audience, it may come up in other episodes, especially guest episodes. So it's a repeat. Um, I don't know if I've asked it before, but it's something that's always on my mind. Does art need meaning to be art is the question Ooh, that is a good question it kind of goes back to the the difference between a craft versus art mm-hmm. um so i guess i'm just kind of curious what the two of you have to say and maybe i'll give my own thoughts as well well you better does think, art need uh, meaning to be art yeah okay See, if, if I was in school right now and I was, like, in front of a class, I'd be like, well, what do we mean by meaning, you know? Mm-hmm. Webster's Dictionary defines meaning. Okay, By yeah, the fusion just... of two metals. <laughs> so, like, I guess the question was, does art need meaning? Not necessarily, does art need meaning to be art? I like that's that. What you meant I like by that. It, I it's like the that same kind phrasing. of thing. Yeah. Does art need meaning Wait, the second one is. I like. Does what, art need meaning no, to be art? Yeah, I like. I like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think then answer that one because that that brings up a bunch of sub questions. You know what I mean? Like, mm. uh, who's, yeah. who's meaning? Is it the, the, the Ooh, yes? That's it, a good one. Was it the artists like making something intentionally with a meaning, or is it just kind of did the yeah, artists not make meaning, it? Do you mean for, so, intention? So I guess yeah. I guess that is that is the. That is the question: Is um, does the artist have to have intention bo- behind the meaning of the piece for it to be considered art, or is if they don't have that intention, is it just a craft? I think creating just to create. You mean right? Hmm. I, the the metric that I've always I've always gone by is that like if it makes you feel something. Then I mean that's the whole point of art, right? It's to mm-hmm. make you feel something, is to make you think intrinsically about a topic, whether it's yourself or whether it's something that the piece itself is kind of telling you or showing you. You're supposed to think and feel about that subject. And I think if if something that if an artist makes something and it makes another person feel anything at all, but it makes a thousand people not feel anything, it makes that one person feel something. I think it's still art. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and now it's whether or not the, the artist wants to call it their own and wants to own it, you know, that's up to them. Uh, they could say, oh, that was just messing around with this type of medium that I've never done before. And yeah. if it speaks to you, then great. But otherwise, like, I'm not, this isn't, I'm not ever doing anything with this. <laughs> you know, I think it's up mm-hmm. to the artist to kind of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To, to dictate what it is. 
but I just think if you make you feel something, then it's art. It's like Tom in in uh, uh, in Parks and Rec when he's looking at the shapes and the oh, yeah. abstract art. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. I think back to that a lot when trying to evaluate it. Same. I, don't know. I mean, I I think back to that whole episode. Yeah. And, like everybody's submissions for the mural project. The mural. The mural. The mural. Um, even the mural. I think about the mural. Yes. Um. Which even then, I mean, think about the joke of what that is. They're they're trashed this beautiful thing because of the way it was presented in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even that says a lot about mm-hmm. this whole little world we live in where it's like it doesn't it, sometimes it doesn't even matter how good the work is. It's like mm-hmm. how are you perceived by others? How did you yeah, present yeah. the work? That made me think of another question that we can get into later. But uh Ben, I want to hear your thoughts. Well, I have a question for you first. Okay. What? So, get off your phone. I'm I, talking I'm going to pull up this photo so I can <laughs> find the question later. Okay. So, well, John was talking and I was pretending to listen. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, shit. Well, no, what, well, John was talking. It made me think about how, you know, it was a year, it was a little over a year ago that you had done a particular art series. Was this in the moment? Yeah, this was in the moment. I've been thinking about that a lot. Yeah, that had the the intent of that project. We talk on this podcast all the time about being process driven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The intent of that particular project was about the process, right? And the whole and you've I believe you've spoken about it before, and I'll mm-hmm. let you speak about it again here in a minute for those who haven't heard. But the the process of that was why you did it originally. You wanted to kind of, if I'm, unless I'm wrong, you wanted to explore this medium and these tools and these colors and all these different things. Mm-hmm. It ended up being presented in an exhibition setting because it just happened to work out that way. Right. So because your intention was to just try something new, that counts as art, don't you think? Mm. Does the intention have to be for others? I agree. That that I guess that was something that I was thinking we would get to is um and John asked, is it the artist's intention or is right. it the viewer's intention? Because John's point is perfectly on point. Like if if you intend to create something for others to view mm-hmm. and someone takes something or doesn't, the intent there is to make the art for someone to view. Right. What if the intent is to make the art and there's nothing beyond that? It's just mm-hmm. to make it. Yes, not all art um, needs to be shared, is is what I believe. And yeah. I think all artists may believe that, um, but that may get back to the, well, is it art if it's not shared with other people? But if a tree falls does in the forest. It, like, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I hate to do this because then it would probably not have a good episode, but uh, does it matter? Well, no. Doesn't matter <laughs> if it qu- does have meaning or not. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the the goal of that project was to, um, experiment in a new media, um, and to get back to the process of making art, which, like, with a background in some design, like having studied design a lot. Um, a lot of my artwork has become design-driven and very outcome-focused um, in the sense of, okay, well, it 
it's going to have these elements and it needs to look a certain way or it needs to get this point across or like how do i how do i communicate this specific idea to the viewer um which isn't a problem but it kind of got me into a, a situation where i wasn't just creating um because i enjoyed creating um or i wasn't creating just to like continue doing that like i was i was just doing it when i had an idea yeah. and as i'm sure both of you know and many of our listeners know that flow is a a symptom of the process like you're not going to you're not just going to come up with random ideas and um be able to execute them multiple times every day yeah. like that's that's not how the creative process works so i needed something to get me back into the process of like let's just create something and see what becomes of that um and then that will lead to more ideas and it certainly assisted me in finding a new um aesthetic in my work like in my show in September like in the moment was um displayed April 1st 2022 so and then I had another show in September of 2022 that um kind of incorporated elements of like some abstract expressionism that wasn't so geometric which is just about everything I had done before that um so I don't want to get us too far off the question here. Well, I asked you a question within a question and thank you. I guess what remind me of what the actual question you asked was. That I asked? Yeah. What was your question? Well, I was just trying to explore the idea of if if the only intent is it's like, the artist's intent. Is the artist's intent and it's really just is creation. Yeah. It's it's art. Um, yeah. but I, I still think, I don't know. I get, I get caught up in the fact that like the art versus, versus craft discussion mm -hmm. of like, um, the intention I think should be more of like what's behind the work or like, what is the work for? Like, is it, is it meant to? change someone's perspective or for for something to be thought of when looked at to make somebody feel something other than was it just made so that it can be displayed on a wall to take up space hmm. um yeah because in my mind that's a craft yeah but then again someone else may get something more from that and think of it as art which that's great too like i'm not i'm not trying to say that a craft is less than it's just different in my it's own apples mind. And oranges right so um, here's here's a little twist i'll throw into that and see what you think um so art at its most well even just creativity at its most basic level is human expression mm -hmm. so um so human expression just in general 
we could see we could say is called creativity maybe mm-hmm. okay. and then creativity done for the sake of creating something to display you're going to say is craft a craft and creating something with the intent of what trying to share a message or trying to get a reaction is art or expand on a subject using your self expression using your own self-expression to expand on an outward subject or to expand on a subject of your own personality to share other i think that's kind of what maybe 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 because because then we get into design and like especially graphic design it's true and how that is uh communication delivered in a visual manner so like right. that that again there's a craft to that there there can be very artistic but it's not necessarily always thought of as art yet it is sharing a message you know yeah so again again we're yeah. playing the game of semantics with a doling here well isn't that your whole thing yes that that so is here's... it's what my family has made all of our money on um <laughs> and we and will lost con- it all on we too. will continue to do it here's until here's... we are all gone Here's another thought, and I'm not, everything I'm about to ask, I'm not going to take personally. I'm not, like, Mm -hmm. looking for validation or anything. I'm just curious, though. If those are the definitions we're pursuing here, would things like my film photography be considered a craft since, see that's or is it because I'm, like, trying to capture that moment? That's a great, um question because photography is it's is a whole different like it's so different from other visual art yeah we're creating something from scratch yeah you you are you're capturing something yeah right like you said um and you can curate those and compile those into creating something um but the creation comes from the moment like Mm -hmm. this this goes back to the uh well, not back to anything, but um, something I've been thinking about is creation versus reaction. Oh, really? Um, you don't yes. say? <laughs> um, and how, like, which comes first, or are they the same thing? Who knows? Um, like, photography is more the it's reaction-based creation, I'd yeah, say. Right. Where you see something, you capture it, and then it can be given a narrative whether it's the true narrative or not. Um, well, I was going to say, so, what if the thing I've captured is just the Hennepin Bridge in Minneapolis? Right. So, but yeah, I mean, that's it, like architectural photography. What What's the art in that? There, There is an art in it. It's almost celebrating like, the art of the, of the architect. Right. Right. So like you're, you're capturing so, their and celebrating their ability and their right, execution. And, and going back to what uh, John said about um, like whose intention matters or whose vision matters, I think a lot of it has to do, especially with photography, a lot of it has to do with the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, what do they get from the photograph? Now, I think most photographers will t- take pictures um, and display them in a setting and maybe use a description to kind of lead that um, audience member to think a certain way. Yeah. But that doesn't guarantee that they'll get anything from it that 
the artist intended upon. Well, I mean, that's a huge point, though, is that if you are, I mean, John kind of touched on this about, you know, if, if you're creating something, you know, one person might relate and 99 others might not. Right. But if you are, are putting something out there, let's say, in this case, photography, and people, let's say 100 out of 100 people, see it as just this nice-looking photo that would go on a wall. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is it still... Does it still hold that value to the creator of, well, I tried to capture this beautiful moment in life where I saw this bridge or whatever. Or at that point, are they resigned to like, yeah, I guess it's just something that looked good in the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's almost like I need to get a photographer on the podcast and chat yeah, with them. I wish we knew any. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like how I say all this like, I wonder what that would be like. Anyways, what? <laughs> as if this hasn't been happening to me for months. Oh, <laughs> being a photographer. Well, ha- pe- people judging my work and oh, okay. making me feel yeah. certain ways about it. Yeah. In fact, I'll tell. I'll share a story with the audience. Okay. All right. So I'm I, gonna be. I'm gonna pretend to be an audience member for this. Part. Okay. You have to leave the room. The year was 19. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the year was 1992. I was birthed from. Anyway, um, <laughs> no. So I had. A, What's he talking about? <laughs> Excuse me. I had a series of film photos shot on 35 millimeter film that I really wanted to. Um, Wonder if I've seen these before. Probably. Include, You're not supposed to listen to what I'm saying. Oh yeah. Include in a specific. Um, I had like an ex- a specific a specific a specific. I had a suspicious. I had a specific, specific <laughs> damn it. I had a very certain expo- exposition. Expo- <laughs> <clears throat> I'm going to take a drink of my beer. Man, these certain hazies are brutal, huh? What was that, John? These, those hazies are doing you dirty, huh? Yeah, 6.5 ABV is really getting to him today. I think it's because I've had like seven meetings today at work. Uh, back to back to Maybe that'll do it. I, what, what was I talking about? You can only be back to back once. You're telling a story. You can only, you otherwise, only there's only two backs. There's a front and a back. Sure about that. I had a very specific exhibition in mind for my work, and I had, I wanted to display it in person and also through a zine. And the more that I worked on it and tried to put it together, the more I realized how much I hate myself and didn't feel confident. Mm. About what I had, because what I kept thinking was, no matter my intention behind these, they just look like some photos of like a vacation I went on. Mm. And in a way they are, but it's like, well, I was, I was deliberate about some of these things and the way I shot them and the shots I got and the shots I wanted to use. But at the end of the day, isn't a photo of the Space Needle just a photo of the Space Needle? You know, anyone could go take that photo. And yeah, some people aren't going to understand how to frame it. It's not always going to look as nice. And yeah, it looks better on 35 millimeter film. But at the end of the day, it's just a photo of the Space Needle. I had my mic off. It's better on 35 millimeter film than seeing it in person? No. Or a digital Than a phone or something. 
in my opinion, anyway. What filters, Ben? Well, so, okay, so that that brings up my point, though. Yeah. So then I was like, should I alter these in any way, strictly with the goal of trying to sell them? Mm-hmm. Because if my point was to capture these things of beauty I saw in my life and then present them in this project that was called Reflections, and it was supposed to be, there's a whole theme behind it. But now I'm getting all these prints made, and I'm thinking, well, is anyone just going to want this generic photo of the Space Needle? Evidently, yes, because people have bought a few, but I ended up deciding to play around with some black and white images of other things I'd shot and kind of uh, mess around with them and do these like 3D filter effects and stuff. And I just got some prints of those made recently. But it, it really made me think a lot about like, well, where is that line between wanting to present the message as you intended it versus wanting to present the message as you think you're going to have to mm. for it to to land or to be a value or to be significant. And that's really hard. And I think we've touched on this before, but like it makes me think of like with John's music, for example, you know, if you have a song that you feel is so close, are you going to go in and tinker with it? Just so you're like, yeah, people are going to like it if it if it has this one little thing to it. Or are you just like, you know what? This is what the song is. Yeah. Like it or don't. I think in that regard, for me, it's like it comes. The issue comes with like finishing a project for that type of thing. It's like I'll be like, okay, I have this chord progression or this segment that I really like, but I don't want to. I don't want to compromise this sound just to try to finish a project. Like I'm just gonna kind of <laughs> let this live, and like I might come back to it in you know months or even years later and try to do it again. But it's like um, sometimes you just really like what you made, and you like the the half project and like i just kind of let that sit and let that simmer for a little bit and then kind of come back to it um yeah but i like that it's kind of that that challenge of displaying and challenge of curation in your art is really difficult mm-hmm. um and you can well, touch that in a couple episodes ago talking about curation with um i can't remember who the yeah. guest was but that was a really good episode Probably uh, Alyssa Schmidt. I think, Alyssa, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So go listen to that episode if you're if you haven't already. But um, I think that's a really unique challenge that comes with with being an artist and being an artist that displays or shares their work. Is what what art to share and how do I do I need to make adjustments to be more crowd pleasing, <laughs> in a way? Yeah. I mean, like, can you can you guys imagine how many pieces of art that that idea kills right there mm-hmm. how many things get left behind because of fear yeah, or whatever yeah. how do well, i present this how do i please the you, audience you, that's the interesting thing about like curation specifically is you can't um i guess you you shouldn't uh create something because you think other people will include it in some exhibition or, or it'll be in a museum if I do this instead of this. Um, if, if it, uh, sacrifices the goal of the project, the creative integrity, right? Like, I guess so there's like a line, there's like a line. If you're, if you're thinking, Oh, if I, if I make this line more crisp by using masking tape, um, so that it looks more for professional. That's something like, yeah, do mm-hmm. that. 
that's completely different. Yeah. Then, oh well, if I use if I uh, explore this, uh, what's the word? Concept instead of this other one. Yeah. That way, more people will buy it. Then, I don't know what to like. Like it's almost not, like where like trends come into play. Like if I make yeah, something that like, that fits oh, with this. Yeah. Yes, yes. If you create art for other people, you should do that. But if your only goal is to create something for the purpose of making money, then I I hope you find joy in that though. Like <laughs> I I don't want to. I'm not shaming anybody for doing that. Well, what if instead of making money though, we just say. Okay, so think about shows we've hosted at Studio 62. I wonder if any of our artists have made decisions about mm. what to display or how to display it based on like, oh, this might get more people in the door. Mm. Okay. Or or something that I think is actually very relevant. Will somebody see this show and book me in a bigger venue right yeah. yeah which by the way we have no problem with we want us we want studio 62 to be a jumping off point right yeah but i i do i mean, I am curious and i've spoken to artists a little bit about this but not in depth i haven't like asked them honestly but it almost sounds like maybe that there is a hint of so like keep in mind reed that like you are in a position where you are part of a creative studio and part of an exhibition space and have had the opportunity to just kind of show your work when you want to show your work. Mm-hmm. And a lot, right. of, a lot of people in our community are operating in a way like, well, if I can show my work here, then maybe I'll get here, and then I'll get seen here, and then they'll show me here, and then one, I'll just move up and up and up and up. And I just, I'm so curious how much that dictates. Yeah, I guess like after saying, work if you're just making stuff, so other, so when other people see it, they think this. And well, part of it's just va- validation of like, yeah. yeah, you're a good working artist. Yeah, you know, I, that, I, I guess it doesn't have to be money making. Not that I want to yeah. take back what I said, but I do. I see, I see the point in coming from a different perspective that I don't have. I am curious what that is like because I, I do think about that as well. Like, um, looking at my CV. All of my solo shows have been at our gallery. Well, and I, I don't so I'm, even... I'm thinking like, well, okay, what do I have to do to get into some other gallery? Yeah. And I don't even mean that as a negative. I just mean that... So Okay, so you're a process-driven yeah, I, I process artist. I thinking that it was a negative. Of... Right. You're a process-driven artist, and your goal is to create work, and you would like to show it if possible. Mm-hmm. It, you know, and, and you, you want to go to KCA... KC International Airport. Right. KCAI um, to perfect your craft. Well, you can't perfect anything in life, but to work on <laughs> to hone your craft and to um, put yourself in a position where the process that is driving you is um, given some academic background. Right? right. And you want to do the, all of the things you do to be a better creative to be a better artist Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying one of these is wrong and one of these is right but i think it's just worth keeping in mind that a lot of artists in our community their goal is more to be seen as an artist 
Yeah. If that makes sense. And so I understand that. It ultimately it's kind of the same end game. I guess that it's through a different that's, lens. That's probably one of the biggest driving forces behind why I want to go to design or art school. Well, I think it is is, is to influence how yeah. other people view um what I do. I think it's a big part of it, but I think having known you almost your entire life, I think you want to create because you want to create. Yes. It's like when we were talking to Ross the other day. He's like, I, I knew I wanted to be a funny guy since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't know necessarily that it was like a stand-up comedian. But like yeah. I've always wanted to be funny. He just wants to be funny to be funny. He doesn't need to be valued as a comedian. He wants to. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants validation. And I think that especially when you're creative, it can be really hard to get that because you want somebody to say, you are a music producer, you are an artist, yeah. you are whatever the fuck Ben is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you want the validation so that, in a way, it kind of boosts you to be able to keep doing that thing. But I think at the end of the day, like that's what separates people is, well, are you passionate about what you're doing? Are you process-driven? Are you doing it because you enjoy doing it? I'm not so concerned about people calling me a graphic designer it's nice it's validating but it's like even if i don't have a paying client i'm going to design sports jerseys for fun yeah you know like that's just what i am Mm -hmm. so i think there are especially a lot of younger artists in our community who are so driven for that title and who just want to be like seen as an artist and that's nothing against that's no fault of their own like that i was the same way when i started out in the filmmaking community i'm like just accept that I'm a filmmaker, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, we've talked before, like, yeah, part of being an artist is calling yourself an artist. But part of it is, is like, well, is that the work you're doing? Is that the work you want to do? Is there, is the intent behind it to do that? Or is it just to be seen as that? Mm-hmm. In my, in my Buddhism practice, there's a lot of ideas that are like this. Like Ramdas has said, like, don't it, just want to be happy. Be happy. Do you ever play you Buddhism? Uh, no, I just practice it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's not just like, oh, I want to be an artist. Be an artist. Be, yeah. You know. Anyway. Wow. That was really good, Ben. <laughs> now that we've made it religion-based. <laughs> there are, goes all our sponsors. Yeah, there goes our, there goes our sponsors. I think that uh, the next phase of arts and crafts is to hire people to play us mm. on the episode. Ooh, but to play. You... So it's still you're listening to John Reed and Ben, but it right. could be some random. But it's like not random, but some. It's like Glenn Howerton, Charlie Day, and Rob McElhenney. Yeah, we could train AI based on all of our audio recordings. Oh to my gosh, do our voices. Hey, do you guys remember? I think it was just last episode we talked about AI briefly. Um, maybe dude that alan iverson guy man yeah no but uh um, john had brought up a point that i'd never really thought about before which is how ai can influence or inspire your own creativity mm-hmm. right rather the, ra- yeah. rather than replace it and then on easter sunday i was talking to somebody about ai and he was talking about how the big basketball fan <laughs> yeah he was kind of saying the same point about in just other things beyond creative fields, really, you can use AI to foster a lot of inspiration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
what we were talking about was how at what point does that fostering of inspiration um, limit or replace or ruin our own ability to come up with our own inspiration or be inspired? At what point do we lean on that so much that it, it becomes challenging to think of that stuff on our own? Because I think if you, if you look at mm. trends, technology trends and stuff, you see a lot less uh, original thinking. It's all new you layers know, you, of abstraction. That's what all new yes, technology yes. is. Just as a layer of abstraction to whatever it's um, optimizing. So like, right. like like programming, like you used to have to literally tell the hardware <laughs> where to how much memory to store all these things, and then another thing right. comes out and it abstracts that a little bit more and a little bit more. And now you can just type into whatever chatbot you want, and it will spit out the code for you. And it's not mm. gonna. It's like right. And it's that layer of abstraction that's really scary initially, but when you utilize it as a tool, it's really great. But it's kind of like almost like a. If you have a if you have a car and you take all the parts out and you put in a new car, is it a new car or is it the same car? Oh, yeah, 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 or is it yeah. your car because you built it? You know what I mean? So it's like <laughs> Right. It, it's really interesting. Like that's a really great question. I like that. Like when when do we lean on that tool too much and we kind of lose our own creativity at that 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 muscle. Right. And then when does that inspiration become not even yours anymore? Yeah. I think if if we're actually looking to answer this question, do you see my dog anywhere? Yeah, he's right oh, here. Oh, okay. Found, um, found more pills. <laughs> yeah, I think the unanswer would be to as soon as your perspective is taken out of the equation, it's no longer you. I like that. It's no longer your mm. work. Like if you're using AI to assist or to um like help to assist in a different perspective or just to lead you in a direction um, because you don't have one. But then after you get that input, you still create something on your own. Mm -hmm. It's still your work. But if then you are using AI and you're like, okay, this is what it says to do. And then you do it. It's not your work. It's the AI's work. Or it's the AI's creation, but you may you put in the work to make it a thing, like like a, many artists with large studios have people that work under them. Sure, you know, like um, to execute. Yeah, like Andy Blank, right? One of your favorites. Um, he he comes up with the ideas, but he may not be the one that actually produces every single piece. Right. Um, I guess Andy Blank's just on the top of my head. I don't know exactly how a studio runs. Well, that's but, definitely become more of a brand um, than a right person. But, but I guess like Nike. Speak of another brand, like the designer of the shoe. Um, it's it's a Nike shoe. You know, like it's yeah. it's not. I don't I don't know how many new designs they're coming out with regularly, but um. You point at that and you're like, okay, it's a Nike shoe. You don't think of, okay, it was this designer. Yeah. Like it may still be their work, but it's still it's it's now Nike's work. Yeah. You know, it's it's that idea of someone else owns it. So, 
what's the percentage of like once AI influences fifty one percent of it, it's their work or something. It's a lot, I don't yeah. know. Well, and but how do you measure that? I don't know. <laughs> I guess here's my my fear. I don't know if anything I said made sense. No, it did. Here here's my fear. No, it didn't. Somebody on the socials recently. I think they retweeted this. Do you know Brandon Moore, the graphic designer? Be more creative? Yes. Of course. Yeah. One of my all-time inspirations. Um, what are you eating? Um, Beer? <laughs> very, very intelligent guy. Great designer. One of my favorite follows on, on uh, Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, I think he retweeted this. I don't think he said this, but there was this discussion about how social media has affected the way feedback is given. Mm. Uh, this was particularly through a graphic design standpoint. Okay. Um, I first became familiar with this guy way back in the day when I was starting out as a sports logo mm-hmm. aficionado and wanna- yeah. wannabe designer. And back in those days, you could post concept work on this website and get really like good, legitimate, actual feedback from other designers and from sports fans. You, you would get critique, right? It would be critique, yeah. Not just, I like this or I don't like this. We would say, CNC, please, comments and criticism. And it would be, for the most part, actual feedback. Okay. Um, some of it would just be like, that looks great. Mm-hmm. But even that's just like, all right, cool. But more of it was like, that looks great. I like how, you know, you used the Twins logo on the sleeve or, you know, whatever. Um, and the more that this has gone on, the more it's just become like fire emoji, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so what's happening now is people, apparently on TikTok in this particular example, who have, and I hate to even put it this way, but who have who don't have design skills, who are not good at designing anything, who have no concept of design principles, but have access to design software are putting out these concepts and these designs that are just horrible. And the public is just loving it because they don't have any taste Mm -hmm. and they don't know what it takes to create a good design. And so the entire level of respect for, again, in this case, design has been washed away. Mm. So the reason that this relates back to AI is I, I'm concerned that the more and more we take critical thinking out of things, the more likely we are to just get absolute garbage. So that's not to say that AI can't inspire some amazing ideas, but the more we rely on this lack of critical thinking, I I just fear that it's going to create a more, a bigger cycle where not only are we maybe not working like, quote unquote as hard uh, to come up with ideas but maybe as a society we're not working as hard to execute them because people aren't asking as much of us you know yeah. like if a, a really good example is if you've ever seen an ad or there's like graphic design services you can use online where you pay like a, a low flat fee and you're like promised a logo and they just like outsource it to some underpaid graphic designer who yeah. just like generates something real quick and sends it back. And that is totally cutting down graphic designers because 
they're getting replaced by this like garbage. Yeah. So that's what I fear for, for the creative industry for art specifically too, is, you know, if you can put something out there that's like well received by the public, does that mean it's good? You know, does that mean it's yeah actually valuable? If you're not getting any feedback that's valuable, how will you know? If you're using platforms and tools that are kind of like, well, I can get it done quickly and easily and I can get a lot of eyes on it, you know, and get a lot of viewers. Mm -hmm. So that's really, really tricky. And then it goes back to that whole thing of, well, how are you presenting your work? And is yeah. it with that in mind? Did either of you see the uh, post I sent you on Instagram uh, from Redona Dita um, about AI? If you've sent it in the past three months, I haven't. Okay. It. So I sent that to the two of you, not the... Individually? AC. No, well, the two of you together, but not the AC group. Oh, okay. Um, so, speaking of people to follow on social media, Redona Dita is uh, a great a great follow for designers specifically um, in how to do better work, like communicate, how to better communicate ideas to other people. Um, and they have spoken a bit about um, AI and how it can influence your work or like what it may lead to in the future. So, Ben specifically as a graphic designer, I think you should take a look at it. Yeah. If you're at all concerned or curious. Um I'll give you an example as to why I'm so worried. <laughs> On Easter when I was talking with this guy about it, he quick, the basketball fan? Right. He he quickly pulled up his laptop and went to this thing and I was like, "Give me, you know, a random word, give me a style of art, give me it was like it was like uh, Mad Libs or something, you know. I was like, uh-huh. give me these things. He plugged in these five things, and it spit out this thing that perfectly matched the words we put in. And my first thought was, I should use that as an album cover. Mm. Yeah, like just not not even like no, just straight that's up. A, that's use a good that. idea. No, like, just straight up use that yeah, thing. And I was that like, concerns me. And I was like, oh my god, what have I See, done? That's that's the biggest issue because with, I thought I can't beat this. This right. is perfect. And that's the big issue with um, AI and people not getting um, credit credit for their work is yeah. because it takes other people's work and compiles it into something different. And like yeah. like we've discussed before. That's not completely unheard of. Like most artists are doing that anyway. Yeah. But it's literally taking someone's work and <laughs> then it's putting it through a program and then repurposing it. Recreating creating something or recreating something. And then someone's like, Okay, I made this. Yeah, hey, look, I did this. <laughs> no yeah. you made no, the prompts. other people made made <laughs> things that led to a computer making this. You didn't make that. You thought of a few words that yeah. then spit that out. To follow up on the uh, the concept of using this as inspiration, by the way, uh, my partner's dad is also a graphic designer, mm-hmm. which probably explains why she likes me. Um, <laughs> but no, um, he's a graphic designer, and he's been doing this for a while. And he was saying that that exact little practice right there that exact technique 
is a commonly used thing in graphic design where if, if you want to come up with maybe terminology or symbols or something for a brand, you might write down, you know, these five different types of words mm-hmm. and then see how that ties back into the brand. Right. So, you do a word map. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and this is like, a, I'm used to this too. It's like a common thing. But it, I hadn't connected that to this idea of AI until he said this. Right. And he's like, it's kind of the same exact thing. But instead of you then taking those and spitting out your own idea, you're getting like a, almost a rough draft or a proposal. Yeah. It's almost as like you're getting this proposal from a junior designer it's, that you then take. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's almost like you're a combination of a client and the designer. You know, yes, like, yes, cause, exactly. Because you're like, okay, give me something that look that give it, me something spooky that includes <laughs> this stuff, and then you're given it, you're given that, and then you're like, okay, well now it needs to be altered or it doesn't need to be altered, and right. then you take that and then you pr- present it to the client. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I I think the whole I think what we're getting at here is we should stop the creativity stuff and just drink beer and. Ooh. I'm just Welcome kidding. to the Crafts Podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, every episode is this last episode. It's interesting, right. though, that this, this whole idea kind of started from a web series called Craft. Right? I the, mean, the whole podcast. Did it? Did no, it? Well, I don't know. It, I thought, it was I an AI-generated podcast. I... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for the reminder, We John. plugged in things we liked and then yeah. podcast, and then it came out with this horrible-looking thing. We're only doing this because we think everyone will respond to it well. Yeah. <laughs> you know the weirdest thing about the AI thing that we used to create this? Do you remember how it was voiced by Gilbert Gottfried? That was weird. Crust beer podcast art. Read interrupting people. <laughs> Enter. <laughs> the Arson Crafts Podcast presented by Arson Creative. Oh my god. Anyway. <laughs> is that our be real? I think that is. Before I think, we sign I off? I think we can sign off with a be real. Ooh. I didn't get one. Oh, I did. I'm out of beer, though. Ooh. Oh, all shit. My beer. Ooh. Let's all do the same. Be real, real quick. Be real quick. Well, we hope we didn't scare you too much this episode with all our AI talk there. Yeah, I yeah but, at the very end. But I think it's a this good is AI Ben. I have replaced real Ben. This Your is mic. AI Godfrey. <laughs> this is AI Godfrey. John Cheetah shining off for the day. He the only he's only living in AI now. That's true. We're gonna have holographic Godfrey. So. Oh shit! Did he die? Everyone. And it has those memories. <laughs> Sorry, John. Um, I guess I I do want to say, are we still recording? Yeah, of course. Okay. Uh, like whatever your thoughts on what we said today, um, please don't take it as like, oh, I shouldn't create because they said this, or I should create because they said this. Just do what you want to do. Have yeah. fun with it. Yeah, we we don't know what we're talking about at the end of the yeah. day. This well, is just purely for discussion. Right. Part of the reason no... we have these discussions is because we don't know what we're talking yeah, about. Like, we're yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> we are not the authority by any means. And we would love to hear your take on these topics, too. So reach out to us at, our, at Arts Crafts Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We'd love to, love to discuss with you and hear your take or, on what we talk about. Or 
podcasts at com. That's an email address. Yeah. Yes. Email us. Or hop on to TikTok and go to the AC Omaha account and send us your best Gilbert Gottfried impression. Ooh, yeah. The, the prompt fun. for everyone is listen to the Arts and Crafts podcast. And then I'm Gilbert Gottfried. I'm not going to Gilbert Gottfried. Don't do the voice. Do the voice. <laughs> we can cut out all those uh, uh, terrible Yeah, cut out my awful not attempt at a Gilbert Gottfried impression. It's staying in. No, it's not.